This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Happy New Year to you and thank you ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It is Tuesday, January the 4th and we're going to start with news that two people have been arrested on suspicion of murder following an attack at a block of flats in Folkestone. Lucy joins me now. Lucy, what do we know so far? Well, police and paramedics were called to an address on Coolidge Lane just before nine on Sunday night. They found a man in his 60s suffering from multiple injuries. He was taken to hospital but died the following day. A 31-year-old man and 36-year-old woman who were known to him are currently in custody. The Kent and Essex Serious Crime Directorate is investigating and would like to hear from anyone who may have information. Details of the number to call are in the story at Kent Online. Thanks, Lucy. The death follows two other attacks in the town around New Year. A woman in her 40s was assaulted on the Lees on December the 31st and a teenager was stabbed in Sandgate Road on New Year's Day. Elsewhere today, tributes have been left outside a Chinese takeaway in Deal after a motorcyclist died when the bike he was riding crashed into the building. He's been named locally today as Brendan Meadows. Flowers and a beer glass inscribed with messages including love and miss you always and fly high have been put on the step of the property on London Road. Now, the crash happened on Sunday, closing the road from Middle Deal Road to Albany Avenue for seven hours. The door to the takeaway has since been boarded up. Police have said a man in his 30s died at the scene. They've added the death is not being treated as suspicious and a report is being prepared for the coroner. An inquest has opened today into the deaths of two Kemp mums who died of herpes shortly after giving birth. 29-year-old Kim Sampson from Whitstable and Samantha Molkahai, who's 32 and from Hawkinge, passed away in 2018 after having C-sections at hospitals in East Kent. An investigation found both were performed by the same doctor who could have infected them. Well, the hospital trust has previously said they weren't aware the surgeon had the infection. The cases have been adjourned for another hearing next month. Kent Online News. Now, as we start a new year, sadly, COVID is still very much dominating our everyday lives. And now there are real concerns about staff shortages in hospitals. Critical incidents have been declared at several NHS trusts in England because of staff shortages caused by a surge in Omicron cases. Well, the chief executive of NHS providers says the health service is ready to be flexible, as it was during the peak of the pandemic last year. But there are again questions as to whether more COVID restrictions need to be brought in to reduce the spread of this new variant. Well, first, let's have a look at the data for hospitals in Kent then. The most up-to-date stats show that on Boxing Day, just over 1,200 hospital staff in the county were off due to sickness or having to isolate. 406 of those were as a direct result of COVID. That's compared to 198 at the end of November, so quite a sharp increase. East Kent Hospitals Trust, which is the largest in the county, perhaps unsurprisingly, had the highest number of absences. And it's not just hospitals that could find themselves short of workers. There are concerns about teachers as schools go back today and also the hospitality industry, which is still struggling to recover from the lockdowns we had last year and the cancelled Christmas and New Year events over concerns about the virus. Well, Claire Tierney is the owner of Smoke Restaurant in Rochester and she was on the lowdown on our Facebook Live with Jadzia last night. We're quite a small um, and independent restaurant 
small base, um, we don't really have an, a large um, restaurant to cover. So I don't want to talk for everybody in the high street because there's obviously a lot of restaurants that have got far more covers than us and have got a much bigger organisation to run. Um, in our particular instance, we haven't had a problem with a staff shortage. We've been very careful. We've kept um, the staff to a minimum and we're very careful about the testing and um, protecting the staff as best we can. I think the bigger issue for us has actually been staffing accuracy. Um, obviously, we need to make sure we're staffed financially. Um, it's viable for us. And at the same time, um, we don't want to be understaffed. But I think over the past two weeks, it's been very, very difficult with all the cancellations. Being able to uh, gaze into a crystal ball and know that you're going to have very quiet periods and be overstaffed, I think that's probably been a bigger issue for us over the past two to three weeks um, is the staffing accuracy rather than staff shortages. Yeah, I can yeah, imagine it's really difficult to kind of gauge how busy a restaurant's going to be at a time when everything is so uncertain. It should be very busy. Rochester is normally historically very all the way up to Christmas. And obviously the first two weeks were incredibly busy and we were very fortunate and very lucky with the Dickens Festival going ahead and the Christmas markets. Um, we had a lot of visitors in Rochester, which was great for all of the businesses throughout the high street. But uh, with the uh, Omicron descending on us mid-December, um, the impact was very quick, very swift. And obviously people have uh, either tested positive or have safeguarded their Christmases, quite rightly, and stayed away um, and felt either that they needed to cancel to safeguard Christmas or have had positive tested within the family and had to withdraw. That has a huge impact on, on restaurants and, and in particular how you would staff it, not to mention staff also um, having COVID themselves. It's a lot to deal with. Yesterday, the Prime Minister admitted that added pressure on the NHS is likely to continue for several weeks, but he isn't going to make any changes to England's restrictions for now. Boris Johnson says that while the Omicron variant is a milder illness to Delta, the majority of people seriously unwell in hospital haven't had their third jab. And with that in mind, COVID vaccination buses are out and about in Kent this week to help make sure everyone gets their booster. The pop-up clinics will be in Sevenoaks, Sittingbourne, Medway, Canterbury and Tunbridge Wells. More than 955,000 people across the county have now had their booster jab. That's 77% of eligible adults. So do you think we should have more COVID restrictions to help ease the problem of staff shortages? We were asking this on our socials yesterday. Paul Cooper says if they're proven to be necessary based on science, then yes. If they're at the whim of our clowning around politicians, then no. Nikki Veach says absolutely not. People that have been vaccinated and had boosters have done their bit. Happy to wear a mask and distance, but we need to get on now. It's causing far too many mental health problems, which unlike COVID does not have money thrown at it. Susan Holloway has said, no, the current restrictions are sufficient at this stage. And Ian Caldridge has added... We've got to take responsibility for our actions. We cannot sit at home for the rest of our lives. Finally, Jonathan Davis suggests we should have had restrictions in place over Christmas and reckons the damage has already been done. And in a poll on Twitter, 47% of you said yes to new restrictions, while 53% said no. So still incredibly finely balanced. We have just heard that the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, will be holding a press conference at Downing Street at five o'clock today. Do head to kentonline.co.uk for details on what he said.
the Kent Online podcast with Ballin Maidstone. The owner of a Dartford hair salon that was damaged in a ram raid is worried it'll put off customers. A moped was used to break into Mark Mardell's business on Market Street on New Year's Day. He's been speaking about it to Lucy. They managed to smash the way through my front door, ripping the doors off its um, uh, hinges. Then uh, one of them ran into the shop and with two bags um, stole um, what we can see on the video, um, a large quantity of um, THC hair dryers, stylers, tongs, wands. And what we've managed to work out so far, they've managed to get away with about £3,000 worth of um, products, all in under one minute. They were in and out and gone. Some of my, um, especially my um, more elderly clients, are going to be very, very wary about coming back into my shop knowing full well that that incident has now occurred, that's going to put the fear up them. Um, it's been hard enough to get them in during the um, COVID-19 pandemic situation, trying to reassure them that everything's fine and they can come in and we're all clean and tidy. And So it will have a knock-on effect on my business. From watching the video, they, they don't seem to um, have much understanding on, on what they were doing. Um, I, I can quite clearly hear one of them shouting out the other one's name um, <laughs> um, and telling him to hurry up and, and get out. So um, uh, I'm, I, I'm guessing they're more opportunists. Um, um, someone did message me yesterday saying, uh, um, jokingly and a little bit more light-hearted, one of them promised their um, missus a pair of GHCs for Christmas and forgot. And they've gone to this um, extreme extent to get the pair which I took it as a lighthearted comment um, and it did make me laugh for a few seconds. It's been absolutely terrible. Like the last two years, um, uh, uh, we didn't know whether uh, we were going to have any financial support from the government. That eventually trickled in very slowly. Uh, some of the staff um, were more panicking than other staff about whether they actually wanted to come back into the shop, um, being in that close contact with that many people. Then the, um, the, the clients were super wary about coming back into the shop. We've still lost a very large majority of the, um, the clients that used to come in on a regular basis. And, and also loads of um, our clients uh, lost their jobs during the whole of the um, pandemic um, situation. So we've lost them as regular clients. It's, um, we're entering into a, uh, a tricky new time at the moment. We're trying to rebuild the business and having this hit us on New Year's Day is, is devastating. It's hoped they'll be able to reopen this week as a police investigation continues and you can see video footage of that raid on the website. New figures show more than 28,300 people made the dangerous crossing from France to the UK in small boats in 2021. That's three times as many as in 2020. The Home Office insists new laws will tackle the issue, but charities are calling for safe and legal routes for refugees. Ex-Dover MP Charlie Elphick has been criticised for claiming universal credit, despite his former home selling for more than £1.5 million. The property in St Margaret's made a profit of 700000 The 50-year-old spent a year in prison for sexual assault and told a court he was unable to pay £35,000 in legal fees as he had no job. An inquest has been opened into the death of a 27-year-old teacher who was killed following a suspected hit-and-run near Rochester. A hearing's been told Ben Allen, who worked at Cliffwood's primary school 
died of head and chest injuries after the fatal crash in Station Road in Cliff last month. The inquest's been suspended, so a police investigation can continue. Two men had been arrested and released on bail. More fines have been given to Kent parents whose children missed school last year than almost anywhere else in the country. Government figures show 1,266 penalty notices were issued in the county, which makes up 3% of all penalties handed out across England. The vast majority were for taking holiday without permission, while three were for being late. Kent Online reports. Residents in part of Gravesend say they're living in fear after a spate of car thefts and break-ins. Power tools have been stolen from a boot and vehicles have been taken from driveways in the Riverview Park area of town. One woman who lives there says incidents are posted on social media almost every day, with a local councillor urging people to report it to the police. The manager of a pub in Longfield says it's lucky there wasn't an explosion following an arson attack just two days before Christmas. Thankfully, no one was injured, despite around 15 people being inside the railway tavern on Station Road when the outside of the building caught light. Police believe rags that have been soaked in fuel were used to start the blaze. Well, Tom Boylan runs the pub. He says a suspicious man had turned up with a petrol can before leaving. He's been telling Ish what happened next. An hour or so into my shift, an hour and a half, some lady said, there's a fire outside, or a scream, there's flames outside your pub. So everybody in the pub ran out, we got buckets of water, we tried everything. And in that meantime, a fireman was passing by and he's here to work. So he stopped and controlled the fire while the fire brigade were on the way and the police were on the way. And that was basically what happened that day. How many people were inside the pub at the time? I would say 15, 20 people. I mean, that's a lot of people's lives being put at risk, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. And, and uh, well, I think, yeah. I think what, where he'd done it was in a blind spot, he couldn't be seen doing it. So it, it couldn't work. He could, he could have put through the letterbox on the side door with the seat in it. It could have gone into the pub. Because it, there were also an old cellar hatch there. It could have gone down into there where the gas meter is. It could have caused an explosion as well if it really got into the cellar. It's an old cellar just full of rubbish and that, it will go up fairly quickly. So. Yeah, and, and what can you just sort of describe the scene? I mean, I mean, imagine there was a lot of panic, and you people were trying to get out. Well, yeah, people came out saying, we're, 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 "Well, when, you, when I looked at it, I, I did, it wasn't going to do. It couldn't do much damage to the pub inside, but where it was, it was in the corner and the wall. It just kept it up the wall. All it could do was damage the wall and damage the light, you know, the wiring. It couldn't have affected the pub too much, unless it got to the unless, unless it got into the old cellar. That's when it would have been really dangerous. But he didn't know that from Zoom. So, yes, it could have been a lot worse. Thank God it wasn't. It could have been a nightmare. So we might not be here talking to you today. We had to go down into the cellar and the gas pipes. It could have been an explosion. It could have blown up. So, yeah. I mean, thankfully, you, you are here to, to, to talk to us. And, and somehow, I guess, miraculously, perhaps yeah, very fortunately, no one was actually hurt. Am I right? No, no, no. And and that that must you must think now that that's incredibly lucky. Well, true. Yes, it is. Like we everyone had everyone just kept carrying water, kept carrying getting water and getting water, which was a which did um, help things along a lot. But the fireman who came was passing by, really done the job for us. Like you know, he knew, he told us all to step back, stay away. He was dealing with it, 
and he, we, got, we got sorted fairly quickly, uh, thank God. Police are continuing to investigate. A new live fire training site is being planned for the Met Police in Gravesend. A two-storey building would replace an existing live firehouse at the Specialist Centre off Wharf Road with the aim to provide a more varied training facility. The majority of the walls will be concrete with ballistic steel and rubber linings. Aldi is calling for more Kent companies to join its list of suppliers. The supermarket giant wants to recruit over 100 extra British suppliers this year as they open more stores across the country. They're keen to hear from new and well-established businesses that make products including food and drink. And as this is the first podcast of the year, we get to say congratulations to all of those in Kent who received New Year honours. Tennis star Emma Raducanu and Olympians Joe Chung and Kate French were among those recognised. Dozens of other people from the county were also given honours for a range of things they've achieved. Among them was Sue Nelson, who's chair of Produced in Kent, which championed local producers in the county. She told Ish about the moment she found out about her CBE for services to small businesses. It's really weird and also it's a bit of a shock because you you don't know you've been nominated and then I just went we have a little outside post box at the house here so so I went out just as usual uh, had a look at the post there was a letter that it's a letter from the cabinet office I thought so my immediate reaction is I've done something wrong or <laughs> I'm in trouble um, and, and then you just get this letter. So it's just a massive shock. Um, and they sort of let you know four or five weeks before before it's announced. So it's quite hard keeping it to yourself. Yeah, just how difficult is that, keeping it away from everyone? Oh, it's really from everyone. hard. Well, first You're so all, well connected as well. It must be incredibly challenging. Well, <laughs> well, you don't want to show off. So you don't want, you know, it's a very British thing. I don't want to show off. Actually, I'm, I'm really quite proud of it. And and um, it's just a thrill. It's just a thrill, really, isn't it? And and also for me, it's it's not about my work at all. Um, you, you know, I've worked in charities and supported local community stuff for the last 25, 30 years. So, but I've met amazing people. And so for me, it's like, well, that's all of our body of work. It's not, it's not really just me. And so I think what, what you do is you you go, yeah, okay, I'm I'm okay with that because it's actually about accepting this award on all these people I've worked with, uh, not not just about me. I know you're trying to be modest, but I, no, I think it, it's no, fair, I'm not. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it is fair to say that you've been a champion of, of small business community in particular for a long time, and of course helping to showcase the amazing produce that Kent has to offer. Does this achievement very much validate all that work and perhaps give even further motivation to continue what you've been doing? Yeah, I mean, I've obviously thought about it a lot because you weren't allowed to talk to anybody about it, um, and I think that that it, it might allow me to have a, you know a platform in which which I can talk even more about how amazing the Kent producers are uh, uh, and, and all we have to offer in the county so as you know we've got amazing vineyards we've got great cider makers we have brewers we've now got distillers we make great gin and then of course we've got uh, farmers we're a really rural county we've got growers and then we've got people who produce you know just amazing food so uh, it'll give me more of an excuse, let's say, to, to bang the drum for, for all, all the amazing people I meet across the county. In the last couple of years in particular, it's been an incredibly challenging time for businesses. What's it been like for you to work with them, to try and support them when we've had staff shortages, we've had supply chain issues and, of course, COVID restrictions on top of all of that? Oh, it's awful, really. I mean, we, we all know how dreadful COVID is on a personal level. Um, you know, I'm not downplaying that at all, but but it's people's livelihoods, you know, and things that they've worked for for so long. And, and they've, you know, in many cases, they've put their houses on the line, you know, and it's not just them working there. You know, maybe their children work in the business and all sorts of other things. It's been really, really, really hard. 
and as you know, I've run a business for a very long time, and and you know, you plan for things. You could you couldn't plan for this. Who could plan for it? You know, all of a sudden, could you ever predict there'd be lockdown? And if you if you you know run a hospitality business, you know, two weeks later you have no business, like zero business. You, you could possibly anticipate a little bit of a downturn, or people aren't spending as much money as usual. But you know, it's it's devastated businesses um, across across the UK, of course, but but you know, in in the county, and you know, anything I could possibly do to to, to help. But some of that right, I'm, I'm determined to do it because it's hard. It's really hard. Kent Online Sport. Cricket first and Kent's Zach Crawley has kept his place in the England team for the fourth Ashes test. He only managed 17 runs across two innings in their third match against Australia. England have lost all three games, leaving them no hope of winning the series, but play is due to get underway in Sydney tonight. Football and former player Dennis Wise has been pictured at Chatham Town for their latest game. MP Tracy Crouch posted a picture with him on Twitter yesterday. She went to watch them play Sheppard United in front of a record crowd. The Chelsea legend is the technical director for an Indonesian team that was using the pitch for practice ahead of a match against Gillingham's under-18s today. Chatham Town won yesterday's game 2-0. And Great Britain's most successful ever Winter Olympian, Lizzie Yarnold from Sevenoaks, believes athletes have been put in a difficult situation ahead of the upcoming Games in Beijing. UK and US are among nations who've said they won't be sending over diplomats because of China's human rights record. The two-time Olympic gold medalist reckons it leaves those taking part in a tricky position. I just hope that athletes can be able to be aware of it if they wish and speak on it if they wish but also take the time to focus and do their job and compete hard and compete well. well. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site by subscribing. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe where today you can read about one of the most fascinating unsolved murders in Kent. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.